0: Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Steven Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. With every good story, there's a moment. Come on, I, 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 I've said this before. I love watching movies. There's the moment. When the music intensifies and the, the, the main character starts to understand their role and what's happening, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and all of these stories, I mean, it doesn't matter which one you, you pick, but there's a moment in each story, <coughs> and the moment is when the character understands the why, like why I was born, why I moved here, why we had to wait, why learning was so important, why experience matters, Why? And I think that a lot of times we are so focused on where we want to go and how we want to get there that we forget that God is doing something and it doesn't always happen fast. It doesn't always happen. I mean, we can download a movie in 30 seconds. We can go get an awesome meal prepared in about 15 minutes. We, we 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 can do things like this, but you know what? And so that gets us in a mom, in a momentum, in a rhythm that things should happen fast, but things don't happen fast. You know, I believe there's a lot of things you can get at the prayer line, in breakthrough, hope, but you can't build character in the prayer line. You can't. There is a way that character is built. And character is built by what you put in, how you change your mind. Come on, somebody. There, there's a way that character is built, and you can't, you can't build character down here. You can be free from, the, from what character has done, but you can't build it. And Moses is in a place where he has run away. And he begins to just do life and, and go through life. Moses had a great purpose And I'm convinced that everyone here has a calling and a purpose on their life to affect other people, to affect other people. Now, you may not be a football person, but I I occasionally, when I have time, I like to watch a little football. And this last week, come on, we had the national championship. There were a few guys in my church that just knew Georgia was going to win. I'm not going to call anybody out. Uh, most of them are sitting in this section. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, and it's amazing what happened. I, as I saw this unfold, and I know that some of you are like, is this an athletic church? Because <laughs> I am so not into football. Well, I, I understand, and, and very rarely do I give a football analogy. But I'm just saying that and no matter who you are, this is exciting. It's exciting because we had a coach who arguably is one of the best coaches in college football history, who happens to be in the SEC, so what? But anyway, uh, <laughs> down by 13 points and a half and does the unthinkable. He realizes that a change needs to be made. And there is a moment where he begins to call out a guy that has not played all season long in the national championship game and brings in someone and totally changes the game and ends up winning. Now, I don't know about you, but this was like a moment that spoke to me because I've had many moments where I felt like there needed to be a change and if I would change the way I was thinking, if I would change what I was doing, you know, can I tell you in life, things that you know can get you to a certain level, but if you want to go further than that, you're going to have to change. That's right. Yeah. To have su- su- success at one level does not already automatically mean you have success in another level. I know incredible businessmen that are cunning, awesome, great financial people, they're they're charitable, they're they're good business owners, but Good in one area, come on, does not automatically make you good in another area. Just because you're great at business, don't mean you're great at parenting. Just because you're an excellent father or husband, does not mean, come on, does that make sense? And so here is a man who decides to do something that's unconventional. And I felt like I'm preaching on that in just a Sunday, like that. This God, thank you for this message. And I am sure that Alabama would have not won if they didn't make the change. And I want you to see a quick interview from the the guy that they put in. His name is Tua. And I want, do we have that up? Can we show that a little bit? So, you have never started a game on the college level, and yet you get to start from the biggest game of your life. When did you find out? Yeah, I found out when we, when we were in the locker room, you know, Coach, Coach brought the quarterbacks together, and he, you know, he made the statement that you know, two of you are going to start the second half, and you know, we're going to rotate the quarterbacks. You know, see how things go. So wonderful. Well, what went through your mind when Coach lets you know you're about to play in a national championship game? You know, my parents, my parents would be mad, but you know, well, excuse me, you know, first and foremost, I just like to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, all things, a lot of things are possible, and uh, that's what happened tonight. You know, uh-huh. but. I mean, it it was a team effort tonight, you know? um, I mean, couldn't have been done without defense getting us the ball back. Um, You know, our O-line blocking, working their butts off as well as our receivers. You know, it was just a great team effort. You can say butts in church. No, they they they, they were the guys that made me look good tonight, so. When you saw that field goal, this stuff left, you knew you'd have to take the field one more time to try to win this game. I mean, what were you saying before you took the field again? I mean, I, I didn't say anything, you know? It was just going back in. Just taking a play at a time and that's what happened. Now that you're a national champion as a true freshman, I mean describe what it means for you in this moment. You know, in this moment, I mean it means the world. Uh, but at the same time, <coughs> I mean all glory goes to God. You know, I, I can't I can't describe, describe what he's done for me and my family, you know. Um, who would have ever thought I would have been been here, you know, right now, in this moment. So, you know, thank God for that. And, you know, I just like to thank my teammates and folks thankful for giving me the opportunity. Describe what you saw on that final game when All right, that's good. That's good. Here's the thing is that people look at that and go, oh man, he got lucky. But if you know anything about plan, you know, luck had nothing to do with it. What you do in obscurity gets you ready for opportunity. Everybody wants to be somewhere, and I meet people all the time who sing, who, who want to speak, who want to communicate, who want to own a business and start a business and do all these things, and people look and they're like, oh, wow. You know, I I, I was at a minister's conference and there were a couple people who had started a a, a church about the same time we did. And and they're they're looking at me and and I had one guy go, madam isn't it neat what God's done? And and it's true, God, I, I, I give him all the glory. But the reality is, I started at 19. This is the fifth thing that God allowed me to build. All of those things are still working. Functional. And growing. See, here's the thing is I want to propose this thought to you that if you really want to gain momentum this year in your life, stop wishing on where you want to be and start doing something today because the one thing you cannot do when opportunity comes is practice. Don't tell me I can't wait to be a pastor, but you won't be in a life group. You hear what I'm saying? Don't tell me about how you want to write a song, come on, when we can't be faithful to music. Don't tell me about the business you want to start when, if I were to interview your boss and they would talk about, well, he's not even really my best worker. You feel what I'm saying? What we do in this moment prepares us for our next Moment and I believe that God has a moment for each and every one of you yeah. that you're you're not done, and I don't know when we decide to quit, but Moses had four transition three transitions in his life he ran from killing the Egyptian at forty at eighty he was sent back and received direction from God that you're going to free my people and then he spent forty years leading Israel come on somebody has digested the fact that I don't want to have youth in Asia in the church oh you know God only moves in the 20 year olds (laughs) well if you're not if you're not come on if you're not 21 and never been married well then God can really use them But what if you're 40? What if you're 80? What if you're 70? What I'm telling you is God has something in you and you're not done. And if you're breathing, I'm going to go ahead and say this. There is an assignment for your life. And it's not about if God wants you. It's about if you want him. Come on, this isn't back when you were in elementary school and there were 15 people out in the play area and they were divvying up teams and you were like, oh, please pick me. That's not this. You've already been picked. You've already been chosen. There's already something. God has been working and working and working to try to speak to your life so that you could be who God's called you to be. God is going to move us through a growth process. And here is the process that I see, and I'm being very simplistic. But the process I see from looking through the whole Bible is this. God wants to clean you up. God wants to start you up. God wants for you to give up. And then God wants you to step up. And I see that throughout the whole Bible. He wants to clean us up. He says, come to me. Come to me. You don't have to come on. You don't have to look good with your shirt pressed. You don't have to have everything, you know, you, you just come. Just come as you are. Remember that old song? Yeah. Just come. And my word is like water and it will wash over you. And it will wash that hurt, that pain, that offense, the rejection, the, the issues, all of the, just come and let me begin to start cleaning up your life. Let me begin to clean up your thinking. Let me begin to do some cleaning in your life. Let's begin to sweep the areas of your heart that you've not let anybody touch because of hurt and pain and rejection. Let's begin to clean up that addiction. Let's begin to clean up the compromise. Not because you're not going to go to heaven, but because I want you to have heaven here on earth. I want you to be victorious here. I want life to work for you here. So I I want to begin to clean you up. Then I want you to start. I want you. What do What do we start? Well, I want you to start doing in someone what I just did in you. See, you know what? Entitlement will hit the church, and if we're not careful, we'll come and be sinners. God did not start the church so that there would be sitters. This church started because so many people, after, after Pentecost, so many people were coming to the Lord that they, there needed to be discipleship. And people didn't know, but it was never to hold sitters, but it was to train movers and shakers. That's the role. There will be people that leave this church and go plant churches. There will be people who leave this church and go on missionaries. There will be people who leave this church. And here's the deal. As much as I want people to grow and do life here and all of our families grow and, and great things happen. The model of the church is to come, train, equip, develop, and send we got to give up. You know, as soon as you start start doing a little mentoring, and and, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but as soon as you start giving out what God did in you, you find out how really broken you are. See, there's a vacuum in church. If you get a little cleaned up and you start, once you start, then you realize, oh, wow, I have issues even deeper than I thought. And so that constantly, there will, for you to continue to move and gain momentum in your life, you will constantly have to be give, giving up things. Yeah. Because here's the deal. God is going to remove anything that is stability for you because he wants to be what? Stability. That's right. He's true. Anything that you lean on. Anything that brings you happiness and joy, I'm not saying that you can't be happy. I'm not saying that you can't be joy, and I'm not circ- I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say that oh God will take this and do this because you leaned on that. That's not. not I'm, don't even go down that road. That's not what I'm talking about. But all I'm saying is that God is a jealous God, and He wants all of you. Yeah. And God don't ride shotgun. God don't hit, get in the back seat. God's not happy to just be in your vehicle. Yeah. He wants to drive. You know what I'm saying? And it's not Jesus take the wheel when I'm about to wreck. It's Jesus take the wheel because really I don't know where I'm going. Yeah, that's, right. that's, true. that's the truth. He wants you to step up. A Christian, listen, I'm going to say this. A Christian that does not want any type of leadership does not understand the mandate on their life. I'm not saying that you have to be the one pointing the finger saying, charge the mountain. But there are a lot of leaders. You can make sure that everybody has a sword. You can make sure that everybody's in line. You can make sure that the details come on. There's a lot of leadership potential. But the truth is, if Christians are not, are not meant to be leaders, then who is leading the culture? We are leaders. It doesn't mean that we're domineering. It doesn't mean that we're dogmatic. But the truth is, this is the process, and and my hope it's the process for every one of us. Let's get into this verse real quick. (coughs) Exodus chapter 3, verse (coughs) 1. Thank you. Oh, man, sorry. I usually don't drink and speak, so. I was with a bunch of guys, and they kept me up too late. (laughs) I'm getting older. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to read, for those of you who are used to churches that read two verses, I I, I get that. I like to do that too, because I know I don't want to bore you, because you didn't come to have reading time, but I I think for us to grasp the whole concept of what God's doing, we need to go through all of it, so I'm asking you to just hook with me. Also, can I just tell you this? I put this up for people who've never been at church, because I don't want them to feel like they can't participate, but I don't put this up so that believers don't bring their Bible, and so that believers don't bring. I, I, if you are committed, come on, bring a Bible. It's going to be a bad day when believers think that Bibles are inconvenient. Yeah. Mm. Come on, get your little phone, get your little app, follow along with me. Bring you a Bible because here's the thing: is that I want you to underline. I want. I love the the little Uversion app. You can highlight, make a little note, do. My, If you're saved and committed, then you're being discipled. Does that make sense? If you just come in and this is your first time here, then we're not going to have insider language and be like, hey, we're going to go to a secret verse that you know not of. You know what I mean? (laughs) We're going to tell you where we're going. Okay. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his (coughs) father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock back to the desert and he came to Hebron, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame, in a fire, in the midst of a bush. And so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight and why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside, that, can I, can I, can I we just stop right here? And when the Lord saw... That he had turned aside, he called to him. There is a process. Many people want God to speak to us and will do it, but if you don't turn, he doesn't speak. There's a process. You hear what I'm saying? God is a natural lover, and I know that sounds weird, that's weird terminology, but he wants to be wanted. And so if he just, if it's like the VMAs and he just gets like an honorable mention, that's not what he's looking for. When you turn aside, he speaks. When you have a moment, he speaks. When you open your Bible, (laughs) he speaks. When you have moments, he speaks. He'll speak through a a person. He'll speak through a friend. He'll speak through a, a song. He'll speak through the Bible. He'll speak to you. He'll confirm something in you. Does that make sense? But if we don't turn aside, God is not going to interrupt our life necessarily. I'm not going to say that he hasn't. We, we've seen that. But the truth is that God is looking for people that want and are curious about what's next. Okay? He said, Moses, Moses, here. He said, I'm here. Then he said, do Not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals, your feet, for the place that you stand is holy ground. I love that verse. And and, and when I read it when I was younger, it was like it's kind of crazy because I was like, okay, you just did this really cool thing where the fire doesn't burn. Then you start calling me and asking me to come, and then you don't want me to come. Here's the deal. God wants you to come, but God wants you to come His way. The deeper you get into Revelation, you don't get to change how God does it god wants to do something in you and if you'll take off your sandals come on if you'll prostrate yourself if you'll do then god will pour out an assignment on your life and you know what here's the thing i am not saying this as a because we have a, a a lot of people who work in our church with mental issues and i'm so i'm not going so far but i am saying that i The Bible says that an idle mind is the devil's workshop. And I think there are a lot of people in our world, not everyone, but a lot of people in our world who are suffering because they have no purpose in their life. You can't wake up every day and just do the grind and think that I'm I'm doing something. There is a calling in your life to do something more than just be average. And so as we read this, I mean, there's so many things. I I only got like four minutes left. So, uh, and the Lord said, surely I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. There's a theology verse there. God saw hurt. Many people have wondered where God is, but here's the deal. Just because God doesn't intervene with the first issue of pain does not mean that God doesn't have a plan of restoration for your life. God is working, but sometimes we have to feel the consequences, come on, of choices. I'm going to tell you the truth. I've never had an affair on my wife, but my dad had a few. And I leaned so hard into our marriage and parenting because of that stain. Now, God could have taken away all of that hurt, but that hurt totally changed my life. And it caused me to study men, study marriage, teach parenting. Do you hear what I'm All pain isn't negative. Many times in life, pain is the very catalyst that takes you to the next level. While it doesn't seem good in the moment, the end, come on, is worth something. And for those of you in, in, in a season of pain right now, I want to tell you that God sees you. God sees you. And God loves you. And God cares for you. And He has not left you. Where are you? He is there. And I'm telling you, there's a plan in effect for your restoration. That's right. There's a plan in effect. <laughs> so I have come down, verse 8, to deliver the hand, deliver them out of the hand of. Uh, the Egyptians, to bring them up from a land that is good and, uh, and large, a land flowing of milk and honey, a place where the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jezebites, a lot of ites. Um, Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Don't you love that God hears your cries? Yes. And I have seen the oppression of which the Egypts oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you, To Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children, out of Egypt. (coughs) Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring the children of Israel out? And he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be my sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve on this mountain. There's a lot of thoughts in here, and I only have a couple minutes, and I, I wrote more than what I can talk about dang but if you're going to gain momentum y'all give me like three more minutes If you're going to gain momentum in 2018 you're going to have to have a moment with the Lord you're going to have to have a moment with the Lord and there are three things that I want you to see three things from this text and we can talk about all chapter three and I would encourage you to go back and read it but the first thing is this Three ways moment, the moment happens in your life. Three ways the moment happens in your life. The first is you have to show some interest. you got to show some interest. Do you want more of what God wants to do in your life? You've got to show some interest. You know, when people show interest, there's a, it's, it's a law of Attraction. When you show interest, then interest comes. A lot of people want to figure out. Well, as we grow, come on, we're averaging two hundred and thirty-three people every Sunday. I mean, for a little plant church that started with, uh, you know, less than ten people. Well, how can I be close to Stephen and Katie? I'm going to tell you, service unlocks favor. If, we if interest isn't shown, this is not good or bad, but no matter who you are and where you are, everybody's building something. Yeah. Does this make sense? Yeah. And when my kids show interest, am I too busy? Am I on my phone? Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. Oh, give me a second. Well, if I do that long enough, the hey, Dad, stop because people don't like rejection. We, if we want to go and gain some serious momentum in our life, we got to show some interest. God, what do you want to do? What are you going to do in my life? The burning bush... Come on, Moses was captivated by what was going on. There, are, I'm hoping that you come to this church and you're captivated about what's going on. What is different? What's different about them? What's this? Why, what is, what's going on here? What's going on with your youth group? How come their kids are doing so much? Men- what, what's, why is outreach so important to them that you're captivated by what's going on and it leads you into wanting to take a step? Yeah. The second thing is we've got to follow well. A lot of people have interest in wanting to better themselves, but you've got to follow well. Here is what was very interesting to me with God and Moses' exchange. God was not so glad that Moses showed up that God let Moses do it however he wanted. I love you. I love If you know me, you know Katie and I love people. We do. We love people. We're not perfect, but we love people. But here's the thing. is we're, There's a lot of things we're going to be, but there's things we're never going to be. Yeah. And there are a lot of great churches in this area. There's a lot of great places. I have five or six friends that are pastors that are killing it. People are getting saved. People are getting baptized. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. God's moving in their life. Leadership is coming. And there's a lot of things that we should be, but all I know is I can't be anything that Katie and I are not. And so this church will represent the revelation of what we understand because I feel like that's the only way for us to be authentic. Does that make sense? You may not hear. A 10-part a, a, a sermon on end times here. Oh, I just got to preach the whole Bible, Pastor. I understand, but I need to know something about that first. You, you hear what I'm saying? We, we may, there may be a lot of things that we don't do. And, and here's the deal. I don't ever want to overcommit and underdeliver with the people that come to our church. I want you to know exactly what we're going to do. Here's who we're going to be. God wanted and had an idea for Moses, but here's the thing. you got to follow well, Moses. Take off your feet. You're on holy ground. Take that staff. Stop having excuses. Let's go. Let's go. And here's the thing that God said four or five times in chapter 3 that I don't have time for. He said, I'm going to do it. 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 You're going to help. I'm going to do it. You're going to help. I'm going to do it. You're gonna how is this going to happen? I'm going to do it. Well, how am I going to do this? I'm going to do it. You're going to help, I'm going to do it. You're going to help, I'm going to do it. And I think sometimes we feel like it's on us to do it. Like we don't have to do it. I want people to be healed just as much as anybody else. But I pray, but God does it. And so the truth is, I don't ever wear the pressure of having to do it because here's the deal. God does it. We have to be obedient, we have to be willing, we have to be ready, we have to be... Does that make sense? But God will do it. The last thing that we see, you guys can go ahead and come on up, is we got to believe big. Moses had to believe big. And here's the deal. The bigger the dream, the, the more the excuses come. The bigger the dream, the more the excuses. Moses... And we didn't read this, but, but when God says that he has this assignment for Moses, Moses begins to tell him all of his lacks. Yeah. Well, I can't do that because I stutter, and I can't do that because I, I mean, you know, my past, I've killed somebody. I mean, God, I, th- surely there's someone more qualified. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't lead a small group. I can't lead a life group. I can't. I can't speak to women. I can't do this. I, I can't. I can't work with kids. I can't do this. I can't. I can't help. I, I can't go and invite someone from my work to church. I mean, oh my gosh. I can't be a light in the community. I don't know. I, I'm. I feel so overwhelmed. If I bought someone else's lunch just because. I think the saddest thing for us could be this. If we get to heaven. And God said, Why did you think so small? Why did you think so small? Why did you think I couldn't fix this? Why did you think why why would you think I couldn't overcome the rebellious heart? Why, why would you think that I can't fix a marriage? Why would you think that I can't find you a mate? Why would you think that I can't? Why would you think I can't? And I realize that there are other people. It's not always just on you. There's other people involved. I get that. But if the church is thinking small, then we're going to be satisfied with one or two people getting saved a year. And I'm just not satisfied with that. I'm not satisfied with that. I don't know who the next woman that's going to go if someone comes in our church. Who's been abused and battered and is going to meet them and begin to pray for them. I have no idea the next college girl that went to college and she got pregnant and has no idea what to do. I have no idea who the next man that's going to walk here and say, I've blown it in my marriage and I need some help but I know this if Katie and I are the only ministers a lot of people will be missed we're not God wants to do something in all of us and here's the deal your calling may be totally different and there's a lot of gifts spiritual gifts hospitality, service there's a lot of gifts but I am telling you this series is to get us thinking about being in the game. God what do you, here's what I'm going to ask you to ask this question. And if you're brave enough, if you're brave enough, God what do you want to do with me? What do you want to do in my spirit, meaning my purpose and how I love people? What do you want to do in my health, how I function? What do you want to do in my mind, how I think? What do you want to do in my church where I serve? What do you want to do? And I promise you, if you show a little interest, if you begin to follow what he tells you, and you believe big, we will close this year out, and you will marvel at the joy you have and the influence you've gained. You will marvel and so that is my challenge to you. That's my challenge to you. As we end this service, we got to gain momentum. In our spiritual life, we got to gain momentum. I want to go to the next level. As, as a father, as a husband, as a leader in my finances, I want to go to the next level. And God, I'm never done. And as long as you put me here, I want to continue growing and we got to gain momentum last year's gone put away all your trophies and let's win this year last year's gone take all your trophies put them in a box put them under your bed or wherever you hide them pull them out when you have a bad day to remind yourself you're still a winner (laughs) but win again win again. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.